The food coma has hit me hard. Has it? I don't know. I don't know how good this episode is going to be, guys, because I might fall asleep halfway through it and actually might have to dump some cold water on my head or something. <laughs> we cordially request that you be our dinner guests as you join us for another episode of Wine and Dine. Hi everyone, I'm Ashley. I'm Megan. And this is Wine and Dine. So this is our book review episode. And unfortunately, it's not an actual book. It's, it's an a essay. Pamphlet. I would almost say pamphlet. It probably was a pamphlet back in the day. Yeah. We're going way back in the day. 1729 back in the day. Yeah. So it's called A Modest Proposal by Jonathan, Jonathan Swift. Swift. Um, who was, I think he was middle to upper class? Yeah, he's the one that wrote Gulliver's Travels. Okay. So middle to upper class Irish gentleman, technically. Yeah. And it's his crazy idea about how to handle the populational issue that was... Poverty and popu overpopulation. That was happening at the current time in Ireland. Yep. But before we get to that, we got to do some whining. Oh no, what do you got to whine about? I have to whine mm -hmm. about being on nights. I thought you liked being on nights. I do. I do, but at the same time, I hate it, okay? Okay. Because the kids are awful mm. on nights for some reason. On days, they're fine. Like, I, I okay. don't have any I've issues I've heard a total opposite story, but that's because my husband works the morning shift. Well, I just got off of days, and at least on my shift, which is a little bit better staffed than David's shift, mm -hmm. um, I, I didn't have any problems with the kids on days. Mm. Now that they're on nights, they're just little heathens <laughs> <laughs> that just make me want to strangle them. <laughs> Um, but she loves her jobs, folks. I do. I love my job. I love working at the Juvie. It's a hard job sometimes, but it is a lot of fun. Um, but it's not so much fun when the kids are just wound up and want to... They're kids at the end of the day. I mean, they're they're going to be immature. They're going to joke about things that they shouldn't. They're going to say things they shouldn't. They're okay. going to get in trouble. But Maybe explain to them the age range of the kids that you're working with. Because most of the kids that we have are 14 to 18. So they're still in that juvenile mindset of everything is funny. Fart jokes are funny. Yeah. Boobs are funny. <laughs> <laughs> so, but lately the kids have just been on this tirade. Yes. It's the summertime. I don't know if they just got that summertime sadness or what, but... I, th I think it's something. Something happens to, to tweens when it, summer hits and no cares. No cares in the world. They don't, <laughs> they don't care what we say. They don't care what their judge says. They don't care what their probation officer <laughs> says. I just don't remember ever being that... I do. ...way. You, you... Yeah. You went through that phase? I totally went through that phase. I was horrible when I turned 18. Was, Were you really? Yes, I was a horrible, horrible kid. I can't picture that because I, I had a I really know bad issue. Well, okay, so when I hit eighteen, there was a lot of stress within my house, and not to like because I wanted to act out, more or less because I just wanted to do my own thing. I wanted to get out of that stressful situation. I went out of my stressful house, so I would just come up with random things that I would tell my parents I'm going to go do, and I'd go do the opposite. 
Oh. So, like, I'd be like, I'm going to the library. No, I'm really going up to the Greenwood Park Mall and eating some ice cream and just sitting there watching people. Like, I wasn't doing... Oh, yeah, why wouldn't you just tell them that, Because though? I didn't want them to, like, try to come find me. Oh, okay. So, like, because in my brain, it was one of those, well, if I tell them where I'm going and they want to come get me... They can't if they don't know where I'm at. They can't because they don't know where I'm at. <sighs> I was that and way again, when I was though, like I still young, had a phone. <laughs> so. I used to sneak out a lot at night when I was like 13, 14. See, you went through the phase. You I went through the phase. something different. But like when I got older, me and my mom had such a close relationship that I could literally tell her anything. Like yeah. when... Like, I mean, I could tell my parents anything. That That's not... That wasn't the problem. It was just one of those like... By the time I turned 18, my parents were pretty much heading towards the divorce. Yeah. So there there was all that stress. And to get rid of that stress, I literally would just lie. Flat out lie to my parents. Yeah. And do whatever the heck I wanted. Because I had a car. I, you know, I, I could leave. I could get away. I mean, I it didn't work because I always got in trouble for it. Like, they'd catch me. Yeah. <laughs> they'd be like, you weren't at the library. I was like really really you don't say you don't say where were you i was at the greenwood mall eating froyo why didn't you just tell us that for that same reason (laughs) (laughs) because you guys already found out i I bumped the mic sorry guys um you guys already found out that i wasn't at the library (laughs) (laughs) why would i tell you i was going to the no i'm yeah i was i was not the cleverest of 18 year olds yeah, no. See, I just, I used to do crazy stuff, but, like, I would also get caught. So, the only time I ever lied to my mom was when I went out to smoke pot. And, obviously, I'm not going to tell her I'm doing something illegal. Mm. I was supposed to be home at 11. Mm-hmm. And instead of being home at 11, I decided to go to the movies at 11 while I was high off my butt. <laughs> <laughs> and so, I didn't end up getting home until 3. Mm-hmm. Still high out of my mind. And I walk in, and my mom can smell it on me. She can see it. She took my phone. She went through all my messages just to prove that she wasn't crazy. <laughs> and, yeah, I was grounded for a real long time. My parents were already divorced at that point, so she calls my dad to let him know what I've done. And yeah. It was just a big fiasco. I have to say, I was probably the most easiest kid, though, to punish because I, by the end of the like that string of lies that I would tell, I would just feel so goddamn guilty that they fell for it half the time. <laughs> but I would just come home and be like, I lied. I flat out lied. I'm going to go ground myself. Here's my car keys. I'm going to go to my room. <laughs> like, I, my parents had that part easy when it came to me. They yeah. may not believe that. No, I don't think I've ever <laughs> purposely grounded myself. That sounds like a bad time. <laughs> and I would always be stricter to myself than they would have been in the circumstance. Like, after the first few times of getting caught doing that, they were just like, you know what, we're just going to let you... We're going to let you do it. We're just going to let you punish yourself because your punishments for yourself is better than what we can think of. So, like, one part of my punishment is I went and cleaned my mom's car completely. Oh. Yeah, I just, like cleaned her whole car out for her. see but as like semi ocd as you are that's not necessarily a punishment for you that's that's something nice for you <laughs> i drove it out i cleaned like the outside then i drove back in the, the garage and like my yeah it was a crazy child 
Anywho, but <clears throat> basically I say all that to say that I do love my job, but right now I am very stressed out because these kids are stressing me out. So mm. send some good vibes my way. Yep. Good vibes are coming to you, Jeff. Okay. I don't have a wine. Okay, nope, I have a wine. She was supposed to turn down her phone. <laughs> I did. And she didn't. And now I'm trying to find my phone because <laughs> I don't even know where my phone is. Uh, oh, well, who cares? No, because I work nights now, my alarms go off at 3, and that's around the time that we're recording. So even if I turn my phone on silent, my alarm still goes off, and I forgot to turn don't my alarm off. do you hate off. that? Yeah. I mean, I kind of like it because if I forget to turn my phone back on, like, I don't have to worry about my alarms going true. back off because they still go off anyway. But Very true. I don't know. I, it's like a love-hate thing with me with the, like, yeah, I don't know. All right. Pamphlet time. Pamphlet time. So I'm just going to say this now. This is a satire piece. And the reason why I'm saying this now is because my husband had to remind me three times, yes, three times, that this is not, like, an actual, like, historic it's historical but it's like it's not an actual thing it kind of is though i'll argue with you on that <laughs> okay all right we'll, we'll hear your points then because my husband's like it's satire it's not supposed to be it's supposed to be taken seriously but not to an extreme maybe? yeah not like not... he's not actually saying this needs to happen he's just saying okay here's this landish out outlandish proposal outlandish proposal of what we should do to fix the situation i don't think he actually believes that is the solution i think he's very very serious though from the language and his tone of voice yeah about the situation at hand and what that that somebody needs to do something so the situation at hand is that in ireland at this time there's overpopulation there's, uh, you know, widespread abortions, thieving, uh, not enough food, not enough clothing. There's men beating their wives. There's all sorts of just bad things that are happening in Ireland. And we're going into the start of the potato famine. Yes. And so Jonathan Swift comes up with this proposal that every child at the age of one be mm, sold. I don't think it's one, but sure, go it, ahead. I mean, you can look back up. But I, I'm I mean, sure it's one. I, I thought it was like after a certain point that they could not take care of themselves. Mm, I think he said one several times, but we'll we'll look it up while I, um, while I talk about yeah. it. But at a certain age, that you can sell your child for their meat, and that the the meat of children would become the new delicacy of the land, and that. It would provide for the poor families because they would sell for 10 shekels and, you know, it might take a, in a year, it might take two shekels to raise a kid. So you're coming out with eight profit. Mm. And, uh. The main focus is a combination of overpopulation, unemployment, sparing families with the expense of childbearing while providing them with little extra income. So this is mainly focused towards impoverished low-income families um though something though i picked up on is his language in describing the women that work the streets versus just a housewife yes 
so I honestly that I have here that in my notes that that's something that I found interesting and I do believe it is after the age of bearing is what I'm getting here so I'm maybe one yeah somewhere around there yeah somewhere around one um but he's he's not blaming the women I think that's one of the things that I like about this I think there's a difference though I felt like he was blaming women a certain type of woman well that yes and no I don't know. He he was he was making them seem like these poor downtrodden women mm-hmm. who have no fault of their own have fallen on hard times and mm-hmm. now they're forced to raise all these six children, you know, to do all this. But then he also says that like a lot of these women are unmarried and they're having kids out of wedlock and then, you know, cuz he's describing women that have to sell something. Yeah. To make money. To make money. And that's to take care very, of all very, their very kids. Common. Like, that's an issue that not only Ireland is having at this time, but United Kingdom, Scotland, France, Spain. Yeah. All, most of Europe is having this issue where women aren't able to produce enough. To, they're not able to do, produce income. So, for them to get income and not be just some property to her, their husband um, takes up the night watch. Yeah. But the biggest problem that they face is not, you know, prostitution or anything like that. It's mm. just overpopulation in general. One of the things that he says is that the number of the souls in this kingdom are usually reckoned at one million and a half. Mm-hmm. Of those, I calculate to be about 200,000 couples whose wives are breeders. From which number I subtract 30,000 couples who are able to maintain their own children. Hmm. Um, and then he subtracts 50,000 for those women who miscarry or whose children die by accident and disease within the first year. And so, altogether, there are about 120,000 kids right now, he says, that are on the streets that need, you know, that mothers have to beg for stuff. Mm-hmm. That aren't being taken care of. That are running around stealing for food. And his response is not well we need to take care of them we need to we need to feed them we need to step up and you know do our part it's let's sell them for their meat (laughs) i feel like that's the point where he he's providing all of this like detailed numbers and accuracy and then to basically throw off the reader let's give them this outlandish idea something that strickens morally to a person to okay let's take all these kids once they're past the age that taking care of them is no longer feasible yeah sell them to basically the slaughterhouse so that you can get more so that the families can get more income and he said there's so many ways to make the human meat that it Mm -hmm. would put more money into the economy because each restaurant could do it differently right and so you could try out different things and basically the the weirdest part i think about this entire essay is that even though it's satire Mm -hmm. it makes sense oh i got you your age by actually now oh yeah i found it it was like in paragraph like four or five a child under the age of 12 is no sensible commodity 
and even when they are old enough to be sold into servitude, children bring no no very large price, certainly not enough to offset the cost involved in rearing them to that age. So Swift is almost saying you want to get rid of the kid early before on. they become age 12. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, something else, though, I, I kind of was not upset about, but he then even goes on to basically state you know having children having large families are going to be more profitable now than having a small family of maybe one or two kids which will solve the why the spousal abuse problem i I found that to be very interesting that was because men won't beat their wives when their wives are the primary breadwinners for them because they're, you know, they're pregnant. They're not going to cause them to miscarry. They're going to treat them with lots of respect and dignity. And mm. I just sat there like. I found that that was, an, I, I, would, I laughed at that, honestly. Yeah. I, I don't believe that. I, oh, I think I, 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 don't, do. I do. I don't believe that. I don't believe that for a second. Because here's the thing that I literally was like, hang on a second, Jonathan Swift. <laughs> just hang on for five seconds. Okay. Let's say. We'll put this modest proposal into into perspective. So you have a couple who has three kids. And they're going to keep the oldest son because that's going to be the new head of the house once the father dies. Any daughters, there's no need really to have daughters other than to keep them breeding. Yeah. What is stopping the father from raising those daughters and then using him as chattel well i mean he obviously can but at the same time if he if he wants to keep making 10 shekels a year he's going to keep getting his wife pregnant and he doesn't have to i mean you get to sell a kid if you if you if you were to have a kid once a year mm-hmm. say raise it until it's one until it's off the tit and then you set you send it off mm-hmm. for slaughter or whatever Fattening and then slaughter. Yeah, fa- fattening Swift and then slaughter. Swift makes that very, very common is that we still have to fatten these kids yeah. up. Yeah, and if you if you sell them off for that, then that's two years that that wife just went without being abused because she's raising their child and see, taking I care of it. I don't think... I, I just see it as you're going to have much more of an issue of incest and breeding issues. But it doesn't matter if you're not raising the kid. True. I mean that that is. But then you're com- you're being you're setting that mindset then for the next generation that this is okay. This is the norm. Sleeping with your sister to get her knocked up so you can sell the baby. That's totally cool. Yeah. Women are only meant to breed, pop out money, and to move on. Like having a kid does a lot on the body. So you feel like this would increase rapes? I think it would increase rapes. I feel like it would increase um, the selling of young women. Because what's then stopping a wealthier gentleman buying a bunch of women up, keeping them in rooms, letting them have his fun time whenever he wants, and then just selling their offspring for money? That's true. Like... I, I feel like that's something that maybe isn't thought of in this essay, but that's honestly because Swift puts women in a good light. He actually never, he does use some very negative words with women, 
in the essay, but I don't ever think he hates women. No. Like, he holds women in a very high respect, which is something you don't see this in that era. No. So I did like that. But yes, I do think because that is not thought of and not brought up, I feel like that's something that in our day and age, if somebody wrote that, that would be screaming like crazy. You're you're promoting rape. You're promoting sex offenders. You're promoting, you know, child abuse. Which is exactly the opposite of how he presents it, where he's mm-hmm. saying, this will take care of all spousal abuse. Men won't beat their wives when their wives are the primary breadwinners for them. I don't know. That's a lot of years and years of people going off the fact that men are the breadwinners Maybe some men won't actually like that. Maybe some men will. Maybe there's a lot of what ifs with that. But I do like, I do like the fact that he did think that, that was something that would stop. Yeah, I, I do give him props for that. Now, do I think it's gonna stop the way he wants it to stop? I don't know. You get a 16 year old daughter, she can start making babies. She can start making money. What's stopping you from making that money? That's true morals so overall he's got i think six main points Mm -hmm. as to why you should adopt this way of living yeah so firstly it says it will lessen the number of papists and papists are like people that have to go to the church to beg for alms and the like the poor it'll lessen the number of poor Mm -hmm. because the poor can produce kids they can sell their kids and then they can start making money and then they can get they can be tenants and they can pay their rents on time which will help the landlords it's basically starting from the bottom and moving to the top instead of trickle down it's trickle up right we're giving the opportunity for lower class to make a substantial amount of income to where they can survive Mm -hmm. and that's where you get that trickle up effect um and then secondly, it just says that poor tenants will have something valuable of their own, and they may even be able to get their own land. So basically, not only do they not have to beg for money anymore, but now they actually have valuable things of their own. Mm-hmm. Um, thirdly, it says, while as the maintenance for uh, 100,000 children for, up, for two years and upward cannot be computed at less than 10 shillings apiece per year, the nation's stock will hereby increase by 50,000 pounds per year. So basically he's saying that our country as a whole will prosper mm-hmm. and we'll start getting more money going back into the economy and going back into the country, which will hopefully take care of this giant issue that we're having in our country right now. Uh, fourth, the constant breeders beside uh, the gain of eight shillings sterling per year for the sale of their children will be rid of the charge of maintaining them after the first year. So now parents and don't have to raise their kids anymore. They can just pop them out and sell them, and they don't have to worry about teaching their kid to walk, teaching their kid to talk, changing diapers all the time, mm-hmm. you know, teaching their kids schooling. They don't have to worry about any of that. Right. Um, fifth, the food would likewise bring great customs to taverns. So basically it's saying that all these different taverns are going to have different ways of making food, so it's going to once again pump money back into the economy, and it's going to become a new delicacy. Mm-hmm. And sixthly, it will be a great inducement to marriage. Uh, so it's going to make people want to get married. It's going to keep marriages together, and it's going to keep men from being from beating their wives. That that's plausible. I'm not saying it's not plausible. I'm just saying all of this. Mm-hmm. 
because you're eating babies. I think we, I can't stress that enough. Like, I love that. That was like my main like thing that I literally wrote down when I was reading this. I was like, women selling themselves equals too many children on the street. And then I put like the quantitative symbol. Yeah. Uh, let's sell the children for meat. <laughs> <laughs> I like how that rhymes. I just. And that's why my husband had to keep reminding me because I got so offended. Like, half, like, I started off and, like, he would use, like, descriptive words as chattel and childbearer. And I was like, oh, heck no. And my dad, and my husband's like, it's a satire piece. I'm like, you're right. It's a satire piece. And, like, I kept reading and reading and reading. And then he's giving all these, like, factual informations. And then, like, he goes on to state, like, some of the points, like, it's going to stop abuse within families. It's going to make, you know, marriages last longer. I was like, and I brought up that point to my husband. He was like, it's a satire piece. <laughs> and I was like, you're right. Satire piece. Basically, I love how he ends it where he's mm. saying, like, I've already done all of the math. I've already done all of the work. I've already done all the research. And mm-hmm. you guys can sit here and tell me that you don't want to do this, but you don't have any way of taking care of the 120,000 homeless children that are on the street right now you don't have any way of taking care of them or their parents you don't have any way of you know raising the economy you don't have any way of doing this if you can give me a better proposal do it right i mean the the main proposal that a lot of the lords oops sorry i didn't mean to smack you you're fine I, the, the lords are giving them is let's just raise taxes and swift pretty much points out that's not gonna work mm. they can barely afford the taxes that are now why raise taxes if you yourself are not going to pay the portion of the tax necessary? Yep. It, it's something that we see even nowadays. Like, the tax bracket here in the U.S. is ridiculous. Yes. Yes, it is. Like, low-income low income households do not have the luxury to, to pay that amount of money. Nope. To the government and yet then you're saying okay the people that do have those means don't have to pay that it, it's it's backwards it and is. i feel like this pamphlet essay is pretty much a slap in the face to the upper to the high wealthier people within yep. the community but and he's I, not trying to make it look that way no because he's saying you know all these men of means can afford these delicacies right. and they can afford to employ more people and they can afford to do all of this and he keeps referring to them as men of means and like really respectfully talking mm-hmm. about them which i think is even more satire because you can tell that he doesn't give a shit about these people no like, he doesn't <laughs> even though he is one of those people he's calling it out he's calling it out he's calling out his class for saying we are a part of this problem we're not doing our part and i i think that's what's really great about this piece and what i think maybe more people now might need to read this yeah because i feel like it's so relatable even today not that i i don't think that the lower class that we need to start implicating eating children yeah no we're not saying that guys that's not what we're saying children the other white meat (laughs) cannibalism is bad um but i i agree with him honestly that that overpopulation and underpaid low income to have such a large um low income large household Mm -hmm. i think that does create a lot of strain on your country i think it does 
create more problems. And something that he doesn't bring up in this, but some other people, other scholars would point out is the fact that birth control and getting birth control out to those impoverished, low-income families really does help. Yeah. I mean, that's something that I don't think a lot of people even think about. Is that if you are if you don't have the means to even put bread on your table and milk in your refrigerator, why would you go up out and buy condoms? No. There or why would you be, go uh, or have insurance enough to put you on birth control? Yep. So. But yet we keep defunding places like Planned Parenthood mm-hmm. because they offer one you know they offer one abortion here and there. But I, that's a whole other subject for a whole other day. Because I, I could like talk that, about that for hours. I feel like that's something, though, that Mr. Swift doesn't put into his essay, though. Maybe because he doesn't think about it. Maybe he's thinking, okay, there's there's other ways that I can get people to stop and think. I mean, yes, we've been calling this a satire piece. It's really supposed to make you stop and think. Yeah. It's, making, it's supposed to make you go, okay, hang on a second. There's a actual issue going on at this current time. We have too many people that can't care for themselves, too many kids running the streets. You know, they're going to be growing up in a, in a way that is just going to repeat the problem. It, it's not going to correct itself on its own unless somebody does something or we as a whole do something. Yeah. So I, I, do, I do love that because any piece that can make a reader stop and think and be like, hang on a second... This is actually a real world issue and a real world issue that is still prominent, I think is, is worth anybody's time. So in, in real life, real day terms, instead of selling babies, <laughs> you're saying we should offer birth control to low income families. And I think that would be, yeah. that would be a much better solution than eating children. Yeah. I mean, that is, that is a, a huge campaign that I personally support and I know you get behind that yes I do too I mean just educational wise when it comes into you know safe sex being responsible for your body and your body's health that's something that you and I have supported since we met each other Mm -hmm. so taking Mr. Swift's ideas and go okay here's your main points we have spousal abuse we still have spousal abuse yeah we still have large I I feel like the largest family problem I don't think that's really an issue anymore I think the issue we're seeing currently is too many people having children just out of wedlock maybe yeah or just having children in general like and most of that might be due to income I don't know I'd have to look at the numbers what do you think is that do you think that's still due to income or class status yeah I really do I mean you don't see these issues with like I mean, I guess I don't see these issues with upper-class families. Mm. It's it's still a lot of our lower-class families are the ones having children because they can't afford contraceptives. They can't afford to take care of them. And then a lot of their children end up in the foster care system. I mean, right. in Indiana alone, we have a hundred and some thousand kids. We have a large foster care. In foster care. Yeah. And so it's one of those things that he's talking about in the whole of Ireland at this point he's estimating 120,000 kids are homeless. Yeah. And we've taken care of the homelessness problem with kids where we're like, okay, well, we'll put you guys up because you're kids and you shouldn't have to be homeless. 
but they yeah. still don't have parents. They still don't have anybody to I really mean, call their parents, own. they have parents, but I don't think... They do, but they... They do, but they don't. Don't, yeah. Then again, you can almost flip that on the head because the foster system doesn't work. Mm-mm. I mean... I... I work with two women that actually um, do part-time on the side that work with the foster care system. And this one woman was telling me how she has two girls, um, sisters, that they have to keep in separate households because they have had issues in the past where they protect each other. But they protect each other in such a way that is harmful to any other kids in the house. Yeah. They'll lie. They'll they'll steal things they'll hoard things from other children like they'll hurt other children because they want to protect themselves yeah and to think like in a mindset of a child has to to think that that's what they need to do to survive like you have to stop and go hey hang on a second is that because maybe they were put in bad foster homes is it because of their family status is it because they just don't know what to do like i I, I heard that story and I was just like and we were reading this piece and I was just like I don't feel like what Mr. Swift was talking about has ever actually gotten corrected no I mean because politicians don't put in the time for it that's what he says he calls them out in the end he's like if you can come up with a better system then do it come up with a better system but don't come at me and tell me that my system doesn't work because I've done the research and it would work Yeah. you guys need to tell me what you really want to do if this isn't what it is yeah and so he, I mean, he calls them out in the end and basically tells them to get off their butts and start actually mm. putting together a plan to take care of all of these homeless children right. and take care of all of these impoverished families and get money back into the economy and all the different problems that we're, we're still, still facing folk. today. Yeah. Because it still hasn't been solved. Right. Um, I, the only, yeah, again... I, I really actually did enjoy this piece. I thought I was going to hate this piece. And there's moments where I really was, like, angry at your husband for stating <laughs> that we need to read this. And I was mad. And I was like, but then I was always had to be told, you know, hang on, stop, think for a second. You know, this is what your $7,000 education yeah, <laughs> was right? meant to give you. I haven't had to think like this since college. It was kind of like getting on that bike again, <laughs> like learning how to pedal. There was a part of me that wanted to write an essay over this essay like mm. just be like oh my god guys i got something to tell you like, <laughs> there was a lot of points where i had to stop my feminist brain and be like hang on this was written 1688 or something i don't remember when it was i think it was coined. 1729 i know the date 1688 is brought up somewhere in there maybe because of it's a war or something yeah, somewhere in Saint there. James War. Or, yeah, yes, it's the war between England and Spain. Possibly, because he—that was another point he brought up—is that you had all these men returning that have gone through all these hardships, and the reason that they beat their wives and the reason that they do this and this and this and this is because we put them through hell with no way out. Yeah, and I was like, oh my gosh, we talk about the same things about our soldiers coming back and not having anything for them either Mm -hmm. so what would you rate (laughs) on a scale of one being no and five being i loved it where would you rate this oh god you're really getting me there i I never thought i had to rate this book um it's not a book it's a pamphlet pamphlet essay uh which by the way 
you can tell it's like a college paper essay because here's the full mm-hmm. title of it. It's not just a modest proposal. It's a modest proposal for preventing the children of poor people in Ireland from being a burden to their parents or country and making them beneficial to the public. Dang. That is a long title. That is a long title. That is a college thesis right there. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I'm eating hiccups now. Oh, no, you're fine. Um, but, okay, overall, I'm going to rate this. I'll give it a three and a half. Okay. It's it's definitely more than a three, but it's not quite a four. It ticks off all my boxes where it was an easy read. I didn't put it down. I mean, obviously, if I would have had to put that down, we would have had an issue. I mean, yeah, it's only I was like, like man, you're page. In a real, you're in a like real slump. Um, but so we've got. I didn't put it down. I'm trying to remember all my fives, but um, it was an easy read. It kept me entertained. It had a main plot purpose that was mm-hmm. easy to follow. Like. It was a really good story. I recommend reading it if you have the time. I mean, it's definitely written in, like, ye old English, so every once in a while you have to reread a couple sentences because nope, it doesn't quite. I don't know how you do that. I had to reread several sentences because I was like, nope, nope, read that wrong. Wait. Nope. I fly through that. Um, any Shakespearean or old English, I can fly through it. It's because my brain, I think, is wired yeah. backwards. Um, I'm right there with you. I'm going to... 3.5 I almost put a 4 out on it but then like I felt bad for myself for not like having to keep reminding myself this is a satire piece it's not yeah something to get all crazy well yes get crazy about but like get angry to- towards almost yeah. so I was like okay I have to like reevaluate my, my brain so I did 3.5 I don't know Moving, I'm just never mind. Your hiccups. I'm I'm gonna sit here and scare you here in a minute. Just wait for it. I don't want to do it right now because (laughs) I know that you're expecting it now. Don't scare me. Ah! (laughs) (laughs) I'm gonna cuss. Did it go away? No. (laughs) She made me ink. Oh, you guys made me ink. Okay, clearly I can't talk. And I can't turn off my phone. And you can't turn off your phone. (laughs) So, what are you, I mean, we're kind of putting it to the test, listeners. Um, We'd love to hear what you have to think. Yeah, if you guys want to take a couple minutes and read it, or if you guys just think that you know what's going on off the top based on what we've said and you want to have a conversation about it, should we eat babies? I'm going to say no. I'm going to push towards <laughs> let's get some sort of way for contraception, both male and female, to be just readily available. Whether I, that means that we got a gotcha machine that has condoms in it. You know what? I gear, There you go. That's it. Every corner needs a gotcha machine that's 25 cents that has condoms in it. There you go. <laughs> Ashley is solving our problems here, folks. Oh, that's solving horrible. them good. I just mixed Japan- Japanese culture with American craziness. I mean, with as popular as anime is getting, I'm sure it's not too much longer until we start trying to actually mix Japanese culture with American culture. It's already happening. But I, I think that's the, I think that is part of the answer. Is I honestly, contraceptives. Is contraception. And, and or just 
having more like I don't even know I know this is gonna this is a rabbit hole do you remember what your sex ed class was about uh it was about abstinence yes mine was yeah. too we were 90s kids that's what we were taught because our parents were taught that that's what we were taught I hate that way of logic and I it doesn't work doesn't Speaking work. as somebody that did not practice abstinence, abstinence sex ed does not work. It doesn't make you want to be abstinent. None of none, <laughs> it doesn't work. Yeah. I, I know. Yeah, I contraception needs to be a key point within that triangle. I mm-hmm. think if if we're reevaluating this essay and putting it to modern times, I think I would add that yeah. in and and say that. But then again, I don't know. I might also contradict the fact that... I mean, I did contradict the fact about how families are going to be more wholesome. And yeah. the husbands aren't going to beat their wives. People beat their animals all the time. That's true. I don't think... I don't think that would actually change. I think it might actually make it worse. And I think... Well, and I back you up on the rape part, too, how it would make sex trafficking a bigger issue, which is already a huge issue now. So let's not start eating babies. (laughs) Well, my whole issue with that, honestly, is is that, okay, you and your husband have a child, and it turns out to be a girl. In that day and age, a girl is worth nothing except the money. Yeah. They're not going to become the head of the house. They can't inherit anything she's worthless now yes you're gonna want a girl breeder breeder and you're gonna want to marry that breeder off maybe to a better family there's that but you're not gonna keep them in the beginning in the beginning you're gonna want to start getting money so in the beginning maybe you keep a kid down the road after you've made enough money but possibly it's gonna be going through a lot of kids first yeah. Or you you know, you might get lucky and have that boy right off the bat and go, Okay, this is the boy, we're keeping this boy so he can inherit whatever we make. Any child after that point is pointless. Yeah. Is is really there just to make money. I don't know what kind of headspace that kid's gonna grow up in. Knowing that he could have been sold for fodder. Yeah. Uh-huh. Like can you imagine a world where you grow up in that? Like, you and me are literally sitting here going, the only reason our parents kept us is so that we can make money down the road. Yeah. That's it. That would be messed up. That is messed up. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about that, because I'm firstborn. You're baby, aren't you? Yeah, I'm the baby. Well, I mean, Becca's technically the baby, but out of my mom and my dad, I'm the baby. Right. Because your parents had a boy first, right? They had Greg. So they had Greg, and they had you. My name was supposed to be Brian. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, they were really pushing for that boy. Well, they thought I was. I wouldn't show myself on the sonograms, and my mom said that she was carrying me the same way that she carried my brother, so she just assumed it was another boy. (laughs) Yeah, so my name was supposed to be Brian. Hmm. That's okay. I don't know what my boy name was supposed to be, but they knew it was girl. But I'm firstborn, and I'm a girl. So it's one of those, I probably might, most likely would have gotten, by John Swift logic, I don't think I would have gotten, got to stick around. Killed off. Unless my parents thought down the road, go, hey, hang on a second. Or if, unless your parents If she were turns out pretty, we can sell her for a fair price, and she can make someone else's 
money. Yeah. It's a toss-up. You know. All right, guys. Well, let us know what you thought of a modest proposal if you read it. Let us know if you guys have any ideas on how to take care of today's problems. We'd love to hear them. Tweet mm-hmm. at us at Wine and Dine Pod. Uh, and for now, we'll wrap that up. Okay. Uh, I'm Megan. I'm Ashley. And, and this, this is Wine and Dine. And Dine. The ladies of Wine and Dine would like to thank you for listening to tonight's episode. If you have a wine you would like to suggest or maybe something you would like the ladies to read, please email us at wineanddinepod at gmail.com. You know that um, scene in um, Austin Powers where he goes, baby back, baby back, baby back. Yeah. <laughs> I want my baby back, baby back, baby back, baby back. <laughs> That's what I think. The, thing, the Like the whole time I was reading this, I was like, oh, no.